0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Life Abundant Podcast. My name is Susie Seidel and I am so excited that you're here and I'm even more excited because this is the very first episode that I have a guest and who else would it be than the legend herself, (laughs) Olivia Cherry. Hi everyone.
1: (laughs) So happy to be
0: here today. (laughs) Um, Olivia is one of my best friends and also just a really big inspiration in my life. She um, well, we'll get into it, but she writes for um, her campus, which is in uh, like on-campus magazine. It's like, yeah,
1: and it focuses like mainly on women. Like, it's only have like has women writers and yeah, so, yeah. It's just
0: yeah, and she also has a um, book like reading Instagram that she also updates a blog for. So I've just really been inspired by her expression of creativity, and that's kind of what inspired me to start this podcast. Um, but we met my very first day that I moved into college and we went to Chipotle. Yeah, we did. (laughs) And then I fell up the stairs on the (laughs) way to my room. She was very embarrassed. (laughs) I was very embarrassed.
1: (laughs) But yeah. That's how we were going to be friends. Whenever she (laughs) fell up, up the stairs, not down, (laughs) up the stairs.
0: Yeah. So just kind of um, give a little background about yourself. Um, Just, you know, kind of some basic where you're from, what you're doing now and different things that you're passionate about or just kind of pursuing in this, like, stage of life?
1: Yeah, so I am 19, and I'm from Jackson, Tennessee, which is near Memphis. Um, it's, like, in West Tennessee, and I'm studying English at SLU with a minor in Spanish, and currently I want to go to law school, but that's very subject to change, but, I mean, as of right now, that's what I would say about my future. Um what else? I love my dogs, Steve and Sadie. They're wine rainers. They're really funny. I love to read. I'm really passionate about reading and literature. And I've always said that I like to read more than I like to write, which I feel like a lot of people are the opposite of that. So that's why I've been trying to write more, because I I think I'm like good at it, but I just it's not my favorite thing in the world to do. So it kinda of takes patience sometimes. And I don't yeah. have a lot of patience. So yeah, um I'm just very passionate about, like, English and reading and the study of that, and I'm also very passionate about women. I love women. <laughs> um, so, like, that's why it's really cool writing for a magazine, or not magazine, it's like a newsletter um, that focuses mainly on women, women's issues. Yeah. Yeah, so, obviously, we've talked about um, Her
0: Campus, which is this on-campus news outlet for women um, and women writers, so how did you get involved in that?
1: So, I saw it at SLU's, like, activity fair, and to be honest, I, like, signed up for it, and then I got really overwhelmed freshman year, and I (laughs) kind of ghosted the, like, association. I was like, okay, I just can't, like, it's just too much right now, and then one of my best friends, um, Morgan, she's very involved with her campus, and she was like, Olivia, I really think you'd enjoy it, you love, like, you're a good writer, like, I could help you get involved, because she's, like, on the committee of her campus, and so... She kind of pulled some strings for me and got me back involved, and I signed up late. Um, So it's a wonder that I even got to, like, write, because it was kind of a last-minute ordeal. But she was right, and I ended up loving it so much. And, like, people who run it are so kind. And, yeah, so pretty much for my friend Morgan.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good advice for any college freshman or anyone looking to get Mm -hmm. more involved, whether that be in college or in high school or even just organizations in their community that – You know, sometimes it seems like something didn't work out right away, but, you know, you can always, you know, send a follow-up email, get involved in another way, and just, like, pursue what you're passionate about. So Olivia's written awesome articles for her campus, and it's also just a really good website, so I'll be sure to link that in the description. But we're specifically going to talk about one of her articles that was called Don't Do It December, but... It's January now, yeah. but it's also kind of a good thing to it's like go... A whole year round. Yeah, it's a really, like, strong idea to go into the new year, too. So maybe we could call it, like, just say no January. Or, <laughs> yeah, just say no all Forget the time. Forget it February. Forget <laughs> it The months go Mind on. your own
1: business March.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, in this article, Olivia talks about um, being what she refers to as herself as a chronic people pleaser and somebody who always is saying yes to things and over committing, even though she knows that's not what she wants to do. And just kind of goes in to talk about the power of saying no. So to kind of start off, as I said, you refer to yourself being a chronic people pleaser. So what are some examples that you've seen of this in your life?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I actually in high school had a really big Problem with this even more so than I do now, just because, I mean, school's a lot harder now, so it's sometimes harder to overextend yourself. But I ended up seeing a lot of problems within my like friendships in high school because, um, whenever someone would ask me to do something, I would feel horrible saying no, so I would either over overlap plans or you know accidentally like make two plans at the same time. And it ended up making me seem very ingenuine. Mm. And, like, I wasn't completely invested in the person I was, like, spending time with. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So instead of, like, trying to reschedule or just, like, being honest with someone, I had a very big problem of trying to make it work. And I'm, like, as I was, like, making these decisions to say yes, I knew I shouldn't have. And, like, I could, you know, my mind was, like, don't do it. Like, you're not going to have time. Like, you're going to overlap plans and I would just do it anyways and then it just I watched it cause like problems with my friendships because I seemed um not authentic or like not really like paying attention to what they were saying because I was thinking about like how I was going to be late for something else or how like I was so busy
0: yeah yeah I really like how you talk about how um it not only just made your life harder trying to juggle a lot of plans and trying to fit a bunch of things into your schedule, but I think it's really important to reflect on how that does make your relationship suffer too. And like you said, you couldn't even be fully present in those conversations and those times being with friends or with people that do matter um, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so then what are some also examples of just things every day that you say yes to that you might not always want to, even if that's just little things like sharing or things like that
1: yeah so i really have a problem with you know i want to share and whenever people ask me like oh can i borrow this or oh can i use this and i really want to say yes because i don't want them to get upset with me mm-hmm. and instead like even if it's gonna make me uncomfortable or i know i don't want them to be using my things i will say yes because i don't want to deal with a conflict that might happen if i say no i mean it's just as simple as you know if i had like some carrots in the fridge, <laughs> and I, would like, spent money on them, and, like, I was really excited to eat them, and Susie was like, can I eat these? I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> you can, like, and I, I could, like, internally, I'd be like, no, I like, just tell her, like, I wanted to eat them later, and then, like, I would, like, say yes anyways, and then also, I see that a lot within, like, sharing clothes, mm-hmm. um, which I'm working on, yeah, <laughs> and clothes is a big thing in college, you're like, so I like, can I wear this top, and you're like yeah yeah
0: um something that i thought was just super wise um in your article is that you mentioned that it's easy to blame like your enneagram or your star sign or just you know traits about your personality which i think that so many of us do to like escape responsibility Mm -hmm. and it's like oh well you know my personality type is like i want to be really generous um even if that's not even necessarily true Mm -hmm. i just want to believe that and so it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy of well, I want to be this way, so I have to do all these things to make sure I'm perceived that way. Right. Um, and so I appreciate how um, you, like, wanted to take responsibility and rather than just, like, blame it on something else. And so rather than, like, writing our flaws off, like, how can we persevere in, like, solving them? And, like, also what was, like, the deeper root you found um, of why you felt so pressured to say yes to everything? More than just, oh, I'm an Enneagram too, so I'm always trying to please people,
1: you know? Yeah, so, something that I've learned about myself as I get older is I have, like, a very deep-rooted fear of confrontation. (laughs) Um, Susie actually was the person who revealed this to me because (laughs) for a long time I thought I was confrontational and I thought that I, like, faced challenges head-on, but I soon realized, like, through a conflict that I was having last year within a friendship that... I whenever it comes to um, saying no or like facing conflict um, with the people I love and really care about I find it extremely hard Um, and I think that is probably the root of my problem is I'm so scared of like an uncomfortable situation yeah um, that I just will say yes if it means that I won't be uncomfortable but that's just false because I will end up being uncomfortable whenever I see like the outcome of me saying yes too much so you think you're doing the right thing and you think you're you know, avoiding this conflict, or like, helping it, but you're actually just suppressing it, and then, like, it will bubble up later, and you'll realize that, like, even though you said yes, and, like, you thought that would help the situation, it's probably not going to help it in the long run.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, like, what other ways have you seen growth in this area, and, yeah, just kind of talk about, like, your journey of, (laughs) you know, deciding to say no, and the importance that you've seen it Hold in your life and kind of how you've watched that play out as you've done it more.
1: Yeah, I think the most helpful thing for me has been first off, I have recognized that within myself. I had a really bad problem of not being self-aware of that and like, like I said I've been saying this entire time like you really think you're doing the right thing, mm-hmm. you think you're being a kind person, you think you're being generous and I mean to an extent you are being generous, but it's not for the right reasons usually. Um, and like you never like deserve to feel uncomfortable. But I think that the biggest thing for me was recognizing that I do things for other people for the wrong reasons and then having, like, difficult conversations with the people that I love. I think it's been very, very helpful, like, telling my best friends and telling some of my closer friends because now whenever they can tell that I'm, like, hesitant to say yes to something, they, like, will kind of back off, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still working on it, but I think definitely having conversations with the people that you love and telling them, like hey, I'm, like, struggling with this. I think that, like, I need to work on, like, saying no because they'll recognize that and hold you accountable. But also, you just have to practice. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can really do except for, like, just start saying no to things you don't want to say yes to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I also think it's important what you said about inviting people into it. Not only will – You know, they hopefully be a little more respectful of those boundaries that you set Mm -hmm. with themselves. But they will hopefully, like, hold you accountable when they see somebody else maybe taking advantage of you or seeing, you know, you in a relationship with somebody else begin to, like, go back to those tendencies of just, like, saying yes and overextending yourself and stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's even as simple as the other day. My friend and I were trying to set up a time to go get coffee. And I've talked about, like, this with her. It's actually my friend Morgan that I was referring to in the beginning of the podcast, who is a writer, too. And we were just trying so hard to find a time to get coffee, and I think she could really tell I was trying to make it work. And then it was just so nice for her to be like, hey, you know what, let's just rain check it. I don't think today's going to work out. Like, that's completely fine. And so, I mean, hopefully one day I can get to the point where um, I'll just be like, hey, I can't today. But for now, it's really encouraging to have that support from the people that I love and then, like, recognizing that, like, my boundaries are healthy, too. And yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in my experience with this, um, I had a small group leader in high school that every year would have no November. And every time that she was asked to um, not necessarily, like, go out for, like, coffee or something like that, but kind of take on um, a new, like, leadership role or go to an event mm-hmm. or babysit or you know little things like that she would say no almost as kind of a reset just because our lives are so busy and we're so committed to so many different things that she just wanted to give herself that rest and kind of right center on what's important and I just like really respected her for that and I think that you know we're in um just like a stage of life in a culture too where it's so praised to be busy all the time Mm -hmm. but you know As you were saying, like, when we overextend ourselves so much and we overcommit to so many things, like, that doesn't bring us the joy that we think it's going to. It just makes us feel, like, really, really tired. Right.
1: And also, I think that we live, like, in a society now where they very much emphasize the idea of saying yes and, like, taking risks and doing new things And that's great, because I know some people, like, struggle, like, with the flip side of this, but it's very important to recognize, like, who you are, Mm. and, I mean, for me, like, I have no problem saying yes, so, like, it's not good advice for people to be, like, do new things, try new things, because I will, like, don't worry, like, I will say yes, like, I promise you I have no problem, like, going out there and doing a million, trying to do a million things at once, but, like, like I said, like, we just, like, kind of live, in a day and age where I feel like that is like heavily romanticized and so it's also Mm. it's very important to recognize that you might be the kind of person who needs to challenge themselves to say no instead of yes
0: yeah yeah I specifically remember there was a day last year where I had just said yes to so many different things and I mean yes it would have worked out timing wise but like I was supposed to be Mm -hmm. hanging out with people like going to meetings doing stuff back to back to back and going to bed that night I was just so anxious and like I had so much anxiety like how am I going to do this all like I don't even have time like a minute for myself like I can't even do my homework or like just do anything I want to do and so um, I mean it feels good in the moment to be able to say yes to somebody that you can like hang out or do something but like it just caused me so much anxiety and ended up taking the fun out of like everything I was supposed Mm -hmm. to do because like I wasn't wise and like split that up over a few days like I just tried to do it all at once and like I just don't think that we were made to do that all at once you know we need that time throughout our day where we're able to like rest and like just move slowly and I think I'm like I think you and I both are like very fast-paced people and definitely yeah like everything like we we like to be busy like we like to have that back-to-back but It's not sustainable. You know, you Mm -hmm. can do it for a certain period of time, but then you just, like, feel super burnt out. Mm -hmm.
1: And I just, I, every time I talk about this or write about this, I specifically remember this one argument. Me and one of my best friends got in my senior year of high school, and I remember we were texting, which, not, never going to get a fight with (laughs) your friend. Over text. But she just told me, she's like, I'm going to be honest with you, like, sometimes I feel like, you know, you... I know that you care about me, but I sometimes feel like I value our friendship more because you always are overextending yourself to the point where, like, Mm. I don't feel like we're spending genuine time together, or I'll ask you to hang out alone, but you've already made plans, so instead of making separate plans with me, we just merge plans, which, let me tell you, sometimes (laughs) it's not a good idea to try to make two separate friends. You have friends. (laughs) Sometimes it's a great idea, and, like, you have a new little friend group, and, like, you've, like, helped foster a new friendship, but, like, Nine times out of ten, if you already have plans with someone else, unless it's just, like, really not going to be awkward. or right? They're already friends. Like, yeah. you should not merge plans like that. And I think that that will end up hurting the person who you had original plans with, like, their feelings. Like, and I just – I saw that. That's a, one of my problems. Like, I try to really merge things whenever they're best done separately and, like, genuinely on their own.
0: Yeah. So what would your advice be to somebody who – you know, is still kind of navigating this and is, like, stuck in a situation where they did, like, overextend themselves and, like, needs to communicate with either, like, a friend or a professor or whoever it may be of, like, hey, like, I, I love you, but, like, I need to, like, take a rain check on this. Yeah.
1: I think there are, people forget how much power there is, like, being honest with someone and how yeah. much they respect that. I don't think there's ever been a time where someone has been honest with me and been, like, hey, I'm really sorry. Like, I right, let's rain check this. I am very stressed out, I have a lot of schoolwork, or it's just not going to work. I mean, you don't even really have to give an excuse for yourself. Um, I mean, that's always nice, but you don't have to make excuses. If you just feel like it's not going to work that day, or, you know, I just... To me, there's just so much power in being honest, and everyone always respects an honest person. Yeah. And that's all you can do at the end of the day, is be honest with someone, and nine times out of ten, they probably won't get upset with you and will appreciate you, um, telling the truth and being authentic in the situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think my advice on that too, um, again, just like that open, honest communication, because there's been so many times where I've reached out to someone and been like, Hey, like, I'm so sorry, but this just mm-hmm. isn't gonna work for me today. And they've responded with same here. Like I have a really busy day too. That's very true. Yeah. And, um, also my same small group leader that, you know, initiated no November, um, kind of got this ball rolling. Um, she would always encourage us to pray for multiplied hours. And that's something I've done since high school. And I've seen work like in so many ways. And I shared that with like a small group I lead, um, with Mm -hmm. some high school girls at my like work. And, um, that they've like seen the benefits of it too. It's just really cool how, like, when you pray that prayer, like God really does like open a lot of doors. And there's been so many times where like an appointment's gotten canceled or somebody's moved something that I didn't even have to worry about. It was on somebody else's end. Um, which has been really beneficial for me, but, um, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but how have like you seen your personal health and your relationships improve when you are adamant and like saying no and sticking to, um, just kind of this, like boundary that you set
1: yeah I think that um one of the main benefits I like see within saying no is that um you're you just start doing things more authentically and you stop cutting corners I think I have mm. a big problem with cutting corners because instead of taking the time to look at something individually and to like thoroughly go through it and get it make sure it's like done I would just start cutting corners and like that is so true you know That's what I mean good. so it's yeah. like I think one of the main things is, like, you learn to not just like la- la- I can't say the word. <laughs> you can't, you just, like, stop doing things lazily, pretty much. And that's a, ma- a huge benefit I've seen within myself. And another piece of advice, going back to the advice thing, you mm-hmm. jumping around. But um, something that was reassuring the other day that one of my, um, I guess, like, boss, would <laughs> bosses would be the correct term. Like, she's higher up than me. I actually could tell I was really stressed out. Is it Sarah? And Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Love you, Sarah. We love you, Sarah. <laughs> President Sarah. yeah, boom, boom, <laughs> go 85. So I'm like on the executive board of our sorority and I was just getting really overwhelmed. like so many emails were coming in and I just like asking so many questions and she was like, Olivia, you just need to not look at that email for a day. like just yeah, just don't do it if like you know you're not gonna be able to do it well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can I mean you're gonna have to do it eventually, but like don't do it if you know that it's not gonna end well or that you're not gonna be doing it like to your full potential. Sometimes you just have to, like, learn to turn it off until, like, you know you can do it authentically and fully.
0: Yeah, there's been so many times where I've, like, set a timer on my phone for, like, 23 hours and 59 minutes just to, like, give myself a day to, like, think about something or just have some space for something because it's super beneficial. And Mm -hmm. something that, like, just kind of, like, popped in my mind um, is because I'm just thinking about, like, sororities and activities and, like, things that we're involved in, and I feel like, everyone can relate to like the pressure of being in high school and like you want to have a good college application. And so you're like literally joining every single club that you can and like you're doing all the things. And I would say in high school, like clubs like aren't necessarily like as big of a commitment as
1: they are in college.
0: Yeah. Or just as they are in life, you know, like I was in like so many like little like honor societies and stuff that had like one meeting a month. You didn't even show up to it. Like you just had your friends sign you in and like you were good. And so I think that, that's ingrained to us at like a developing age mm-hmm. of, I have to be involved in every single thing I can in order to be successful and in order to have so the true. life that I want. But, you know, you get to college and like you talk to people around campus and they're part of like one or two clubs or, you know, have a job and are part of one club. And, um, and so I think that there's a lot of value in, um, choosing what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And I've, I i do not know if I've talked about this before, but, um, I just feel like something that's kind of been a theme in my life is, like, the idea of commitment, and I think that, like you were saying, when we commit to things, like, we need to commit to them fully and wholeheartedly, and we can't do that with 10 different things that demand our attention. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just thinking of you as VP of Finance and, like, how, like, stressful that is and, like, how much work to that there is, and, like, you can't do that well if you're a part of, like, 10 different oh, other yeah, things no. that also demand your attention. And I know that you were super involved in high school and just, like, throughout your life, so, like, how have you kind of had to, like, narrow down, like, what's important to you in order to give to it, like, 100%?
1: Yeah, so I'm, like, the prototype of the kid that signed up <laughs> for absolutely everything in high school. Um, I remember I played volleyball year-round, and I did every musical, and I was, like, class president one year, and then on, on SGA and, like, in a million clubs, and I would get in trouble so much because I would just be late or yeah. I, like, wouldn't be able to make it. Or I wouldn't, like, do my project fully. Or i turn stuff in late. And then my homework would be bad because I'd start making bad grades because I didn't have time to do homework. And I think that's really where it, like, first started developing. My problem with saying yes because mm-hmm. I just kept saying yes and yes to yes to all these different people asking me to do things for them. And... I don't know. I just, I definitely agree with you that it's ingrained in us in such a young age that we will only be successful if we have like a stellar application. But like sometimes I look back and I think about, well, what did I really accomplish like while mm. I was in these different offices? That, yeah, you know, that's good. And I can't even think of anything. Yeah. You know, like there were definitely some things I was passionate about and I did accomplish like various things within the things that I was like mainly passionate about. Yeah. But everything else I signed up for was just for nothing because yeah. I mean, I can't even think about. I mean, I was UNICEF chaplain. I literally cannot tell you a single thing that I did for UNICEF, like, as chaplain. That's terrible. Like... I didn't even know that. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah. I, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, it has been such a struggle in my life over myself, and it's very freeing to acknowledge that and then, to, like, to realize, that, like, you don't have to do that to be successful and to be a good person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, like... The idea of like going back to back to back, it just takes up like so much energy and just like so much time that you learn to it, cut
1: corners and it's a horrible, yeah, habit.
0: I've never like associated that with like cutting corners, but that is so true. Cause like, I remember that there was just like a moment last semester and last semester was just like a pretty hard transition for me. Like I had started, you know, I was doing my, like I was a full-time student, like started a job. We had recruitment from like six to 10 every <laughs> night, like just so many things like taking up um a lot of time that I wasn't used to. I was just used to like diddling around doing Zoom college on hammocks like with my friends. And so that was a really tough transition for me. Um and I just remember just like feeling so discouraged and mm-hmm. like just so beat down of like I like it wasn't even the stress of like going back to back but just like the rush. Like mm-hmm. I hated feeling rushed all the time. And so um yeah like I think that there's a lot of value in like slow slowness and just like like walking through our day instead of running through it, so like what are some yeah. things that like you do day to day that kind of help you walk through your day rather than like run through it?
1: yeah, well, something I've been trying to do recently, which I have not been doing a very good job of this, but I do it very well at home, so I'm trying to implement it into my schedule here, but I think it's very important that um your phone is not, the, like, the first and last thing you look at during the yeah. day. So I think there's, like, a lot of power in just, like, you know, not checking your phone for the first hour you're up. Because that's where, I mean, all forms of comm- communication happen. And, like, some, I mean sometimes I wake up and I immediately check my email. Yeah. And, like, what do I have to do today? Look at my schedule. And, like, then your main focus is on what you have to do instead of, like, getting up for the morning or, like, going to sleep at night. Because, I don't know, I just think there's a lot of power in like, I like try to read before bed and I just like, I don't know. So I'm working on that. I'm better at yeah. doing that at home. It's hard. It's really hard at school to not look at your phone because it's like your alarms on there. So like, you already have it in your hands. Um, I think mean, that's very helpful. It's a positive start to your day. Um, I also think that like just being outside more, which is hard. Yeah. It's so hard because it's freezing here. Yeah. <laughs> um, And I think, like, honestly, something that's helped my mental health, even, like, the one week that I've been here, is, like, trying to exercise every day. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't look at my phone while I exercise. Like, I, like, put it away. And then, like, having, like, an hour to myself, like, to exercise is very, very helpful, so.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. Um, Something I heard um, back in high school in, like, my churches, like, in one of the sermons, um, he was talking about how we you know, when we work from nine to five or have jobs or in school, um, you typically bring like a snack with you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's kind of like a pick me up in the middle of your day. Like something that brings you energy. Like my mom will send me pictures of like her snacks that she has at work or like something that like she's excited about that she brought to work that just, you know, kind of livens you throughout the day. And so he compared that to kind of packing yourself what he said was, like, a gospel snack, but that could really be anything that, like, applies to your life, so I think something I'm trying to do more is, like, in the middle of the day or um, just, like, in, like, a low moment where maybe at, like, 2 or 3 p.m. where like, I need to pick me up, like, maybe just, like, reading, like, 10 pages of a book or just, like, stopping what I'm doing and just, like, listening to a song, like, not doing anything else or, like, going on a walk outside or something like that, so... I think it's really easy for us, especially with the idea of that we've grown up with on like Instagram and TikTok and YouTube of like morning and night routines. I feel like we've gotten better at that and like we desire to have a set and aesthetic, honestly, like morning and night routine, which has its benefits. It also has its drawbacks, but mostly beneficial, I would say. But I think that in the middle of the day, like we get caught up in what we're doing and what Mm -hmm. our actual routine and day looks like that we get a little bit lost and so I think finding that connection point like Mm -hmm. whether that's after your class or like a break that you have or you know when you get home from school whatever it may be um just to kind of like ground yourself reconnect and yeah just have that little snack of of life whatever it may be
1: (laughs) and I feel like I don't know. Sometimes I just, a day will just fly by because you're running around all day and then I, I'll sit back or like go to bed and I'm like, but what did I actually do today? Yeah. Like, did I actually get anything done? Did I actually do any work? Or was I just running around and like barely making it to class and like barely getting to do like things that I needed to do or wanted to do even? And so I think that's something that I struggle with in college too is, you know, we're just so busy and. Obviously, you know, you will like want to hang out with your friends and like, you know, other things. But I, I just feel like a lot of times, instead of actually like living through my day, I just kind of like go with the emotions of it. And it's just, yeah, the stress of college can definitely be hard to deal with.
0: Yeah. I also think that this whole topic gets into the idea of like FOMO too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's been so many times where like I've just been sitting on the couch like in my room and I'm like oh like I could be doing so many things right now like I could be doing homework I could be doing this like I could be hanging out with friends and like there's so many times where you know friends will ask you to like go get dinner like go do something go on a walk and sometimes you do have to say no and like it's hard and it feels like you're missing out feels like you're missing out on time with your friends but they still love you they're gonna be there in two hours when you you know finish that quiz that's due later tonight or Do your thing. And so I think as you get more comfortable saying no, um, as you practice it, like we're talking about, um, it's less of that, like, anxiety Mm -hmm. of missing out and more reassurance of I'm doing what's right for me. And now I can enjoy spending time with my friends when I get to see them later rather than stressing out of, like, oh, my gosh, I need to be doing that quiz right now. Because, I mean,
1: people can tell whenever you're not fully present. Oh, yeah. They can 100% tell. And I know you think you're probably doing a good job of hiding it, (laughs) but you're not. I can tell. Like, I mean, I can tell. You can probably tell. If someone is stressed out about something, they're, like, not paying attention to what you're saying. And you can tell when someone's not paying attention to what you're saying. So, I mean, it goes back to, like, how this affects your relationships, too. Because if you don't, like, learn how to helpfully say no, you're going to hurt people's feelings in the long run. Yeah. Even whenever you think you're doing the right thing.
0: Yeah. That's so good. Any other... Just like, comments on saying no. Like, the power of
1: saying no. I I just think, like, at the end of the day, if someone is your true friend or, you know, they truly care about you, that they will not abandon you for saying no. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, if Susie was like, hey, I, like, really, like, like that shirt. And I was like... Well, I just I just bought it. Like, you know, I, yeah. I maybe something else. Like Susie wouldn't be like, We're not friends anymore, you know? So because like, I know she cares about me. And so I think just it's important to keep in mind that if you say no to someone to protect your own mental health and to make yourself comfortable, which you always deserve to be comfortable. Yeah. Um, then And, like, someone reacts poorly to that, then they aren't your true friend.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that's a good read of whether somebody is Mm -hmm. a genuine friend or not is... Because I think at the end of the day, that's just a sign of respect towards the other person. And, you know, you don't owe me an explanation of why you don't want to do something, Mm -hmm. but I know you and I know your character. And so I trust that if you say no, it's coming out of a real place and it's not just because you're being, like, petty or something like that. So I think that's a good... Gauge of whether your relationship with somebody is, like, worth pursuing and is rooted in respect rather than when it's not. And I think that at the end of the day, like, your friends should be supporting what is healthy for you um, and always advocating for your health. And I'm super grateful to have Olivia and Kate, who's over there. <laughs> so um, yeah, and I feel like you guys are always, like, my mm-hmm. number one, like, advocates in – you know, wanting to make sure that I'm doing what's healthy for me. And so if that includes me saying no to hang out one day or mm. can't do something, then, like, you guys totally
1: respect that. Right. Saying no. And, and <laughs> just also, and this is another thing, another tangent. Um, <laughs> I think that also our society puts a lot of pressure on, like, the same get comfortable being uncomfortable,
0: no. which mm. that
1: is just not true, <laughs> like, half the time, which yeah. I totally get it from, like, You know like a workout point of view or like you know you might not be comfortable because like the workout's super hard or you know you're studying and like you don't want to be studying but like you know you have to push through it like that's uncomfortable and those are healthy like uncomforts like we just have to like get used to and
0: like you know the outcome of those things you know right
1: but there are just some circumstances where like it's just not appropriate like for you to be uncomfortable and i just think it's important to remember that you should always be comfortable who you like where you are, who you're with, who's using your things, what you're doing. And at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you.
0: Yeah, for sure. I have something to say the Kate's coming. Kate's coming in
1: hot. I just um hi, I'm Kate. <laughs> I'm also one of Susie's friends. I just have like I just think that this conversation's really interesting. I have something to add about being uncomfortable.
0: Let's go, Kate. Like
1: if if a situation is making you physically uncomfortable like, you have every right to remove yourself from the situation. Like, yeah. it like it doesn't matter what it is. If it's making you uncomfortable and it's making you anxious, you don't have to stay in that situation. Say whether, no. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a boyfriend, a friendship, like, anything. If you're uncomfortable by something that they do, like, you don't have to stay in that relationship regardless of history or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah. There's so much power in saying no. And that like goes far beyond like somebody asking for their shirt. But the thing about habits and the things that we do in our day-to-day life is that these little things add up into big things. And so if we get too used to compromising what we want and what's healthy for us by saying yes, then when it comes to the big things, like I think every moment is preparing for a future moment. And so if we are too comfortable in saying yes, um, in the little things when it comes to the big things, like Mm -hmm. that's just going to be our habit. And so we have to train ourselves and prepare for those big moments by saying no. in the things that may not seem like they have as much impact, but they still really, really matter. And the little things do matter.
1: And I think that even like, I mean, I'm sure you can comment on this, like from watching me, that that is definitely true with me. Um, as I previously, previously said, um, I said yes to everything in high school, and I think that that really has shown in my relationships as I got older. Yeah. How I had such a hard time saying no to things, even though I, like, didn't want to necessarily be a part of them anymore. Yeah. And I, like, prolonged the situation. Just, like, you know. you. I mean, Yeah. I just – I have a really hard time saying no, and then it ended up really affecting me because I couldn't say no to things that, like, needed to be ended or needed to – you need to say no to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that's just been kind of sticking with me recently is like this hymn. And it says um, like what peace we often forfeit all because we don't carry things to God in prayer. But I think that what's been sticking out to me the most is just like what peace we often forfeit. And I think that this whole conversation just, I, I don't know, just encompasses that idea of when we just like go against ourselves and when we go against what's um clearly been shown to be good for us that we're just forfeiting
1: peace that we could have mm-hmm. and for what you know and, what. <laughs> and each time you say yes to something that you don't want to be necessarily doing like I feel like you lose a little piece of like who you are because you're not able to do what you're actually wanting to do
0: yeah Yeah. And so when we live our life abundant, like we want to make sure that, you know, we're becoming the person that, you know, we were designed to be and that we were created to be. And so, yeah, I think it's just all about advocating for yourself. And a lot of times that looks like saying no, even when it's hard. So thank you for hanging out with me, Olivia. Thanks for
1: having me. Thanks for the (laughs) shout out
0: from Kate. Uh, I'm very grateful for them and I'm really glad to have friends that will sit on the floor of a dorm room and talk in a
1: microphone. I'm not saying with no. me not <laughs> say no. We're
0: But it's like the most us thing
1: to do, so it's funny. Yeah, and I just I think that I, I talk about this in my article, but I think women go yeah. Go women, the article. women especially have a problem with this just because we're like designed it's like yeah. societally like to be people pleasers.
0: Yeah. But so we are women with Ferocity and with strength, right. and we do not have to like bow down to that standard. We can change the standard, um, of course, and change the expectations right. to being who we were called to be. That's right. Let's go.
1: Let's go. LFT. <laughs> <L-O-T. laughs> Thanks for having me, Susie. Love you. Love you. Okay. Thank you guys so much
0: <laughs> for listening. Hope you got something out of this. Just like, mess of a conversation. <laughs> But um, be sure to check back for new episodes coming soon. Maybe we'll have Kate on for her own little episode. Yeah. I'm sure she has a lot of things to say. Oh, I always have a lot to say. (laughs) So we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.